Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Recorded live. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Radio Show Truth Hour here on POET Radio. My apologies, brothers and sisters. I actually had programmed um, the wrong show, um, well, the right show on the wrong call uh, with a different call number. And I was wondering why um, no one had called in. I'm like, what is going on? But now I see, brothers and sisters, that I had the wrong call. So I apologize for that. But thank you for those who are tuning in now. I'm resending out a text message to let people know that uh, we are live right now. So thank you so much, brothers and sisters, for tuning in, for hanging in there with us. We're going to have a very explosive um, show today, and the title will be, Can You Be a Christian and Celebrate Christmas? Can you be a Christian and celebrate Christmas? So we're going to analyze those things. Um, You will be the ladies and gentlemen of the jury. And I will present the evidence before you today, and you will make an assessment based on the evidence that I give you. Um, I'm asking you to put all of your personal opinions to the side for this particular show and weigh the evidence that we will give you. Again, I'm asking you to put all of your personal feelings, your personal emotions to the side, and I understand you're going to say, well, this is for the babies. We're doing this for the babies. We, we love our babies, and we want to have something fun, fun for them to do. I understand all those things. But the question is, can you be a true Christian and celebrate Christmas? That's the question that's on the table. Again, it doesn't matter what you or I personally feel. It don't matter what you and I personally think. It doesn't matter what we've been told or what we've been taught. If you are a Christian, your belief is based off of what's written in this book called the Bible. So that's what we will be analyzing today, what's written in this book called the Bible. And based on this book called the Bible, the question is going to be asked of each and every one of you all, those who call yourself a Christian, and everyone don't call themselves a Christian. A Christian. I'm only talking about those who read this book called the Bible and who call themselves Christians. The question is going to be asked, can you be a Christian and celebrate the Christmas holiday? Brother Julius is not here with us tonight. Brother Julius is on vacation. So I am here flying solo today, and I am left with a um, powerful, powerful lesson to try to get across to you. And I'm going to pray to God that he covers this lesson so that you may gain edification and that God may gain the glorification of this particular lesson. So I'm going to go ahead and start my um, Periscope recording, and I'm going to go ahead and start my YouTube recording, and we're going to go ahead and introduce the lesson. Brothers and sisters who are tuned in, you're tuned in to the Bible Radio Show, The Truth Hour, here on the POET Network. And our subject lesson today on the Bible Radio Show, Truth Hour, is can you be a true Christian and celebrate Christmas? Again, can you be a true Christian and celebrate Christmas, brothers and sisters? We're going to analyze all those things on tonight's show. And again, as I said before, the recording starts, for those of you who are watching via YouTube or Periscope, the question will be, it doesn't matter why we say we celebrate Christmas. Some of us will make the excuse that it's for our children. We want to do something to make our children happy. Well, we're going to analyze that. Because again, tradition is just what it is. Things that are passed down don't mean that they have to be true. 
but these are things that are passed down. So let's go ahead and get right into our subject. For those who have your Bible, we're going to ask you guys to um, get your Bibles and follow this lesson plan with us, brothers and sisters. Follow this lesson plan with us. Let's find out the first acknowledgement or one of the early acknowledgements that a child would be born, that a child would be born. We can read in the Old Testament that the one who we now know as Jesus would be coming, but let's read about it. Let's go into the book of Isaiah, the ninth chapter, the book of Isaiah, the ninth chapter. Let's read about the story of this child that would be born that will have a government upon his shoulders. Let's go into the book of Isaiah, the ninth chapter, Isaiah, the ninth chapter, brothers and sisters. We're going to go ahead and pick this up at verse 6. Isaiah, the ninth chapter, verse 6. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Wonderful, when you say the word wonderful, that's one of the names of Jesus. His name would also be called Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So what do we learn here in this one verse in Isaiah, the ninth chapter, verse 6? That not only does the Father carry the title, the Mighty God, but the Son also carries the title, the Mighty God. I didn't say it. I'm reading it here in Isaiah, the ninth chapter, the sixth verse. Also, not only would the Father be called Everlasting Father, but it says right here that this child that would be born, who we now know to be called Jesus, is also called Everlasting Father. Brothers and sisters, that's something that we call learning something, on the way to learning something. And another lesson we will show you that Jesus was the only God that the prophets communicated with in the Old Testament. Remember, there was a God that they called Father. In another instance, there was a God that Moses called Jehovah. In another instance, they called it Lord God. In another instance, they called him Mighty God. Well, brothers and sisters, there are two that carry those titles, but we're reading about the one right now in Isaiah 9 and 6. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. This is the one that we're referring to now. In another lesson and another time, we'll show you that flesh and blood cannot deal with the Father. The flesh and blood can only deal with the son who is also called the father. And we just read that in Isaiah, the ninth chapter. The reason why we're establishing this, because we want to talk about his birth. And we want to see in this Bible, does it record his birth with being December the 25th? And I know some of you saying, well, we know, black eyes, that the Bible doesn't mention that he was born on December the 25th. Well, then the question I ask you, brothers and sisters, is, where did we get the date December the 25th from? We're going to answer all those questions tonight on the Bible radio show, The Truth Hour. Let's go ahead and go to our second verse. We're going to go to our second verse, brothers and sisters, because we want to deal with all of the scriptures that's concerning the birth of God or the birth of Jesus. Let's go ahead and go into the New Testament. Let's go to the book of Matthew. Turn your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 1. Matthew, chapter 1. And let's read about this birth of this child that in the book of Isaiah, it says that a government shall be upon his shoulders. Matthew, the first chapter. Let's read it, brothers and sisters. Let's read it. Matthew, the first chapter. And we're going to go all the way down to verse. 18, Matthew 1 and 18. It says right here, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, before they came together, brothers and sisters, 
It says, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters. So again, we're dealing with this birth. We're dealing with this birth. And where did he get the name Jesus from? Although we know that Jesus is the English translation of the Hebrew name, but since we read and study English, brothers and sisters, let's read it in the English form. It says in verse 21, And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now, brothers and sisters, again, learning something on the way to learning something, the reason why the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders of Jesus' day were so angry with him and the claim that he was the Son of God and the one who would come to take away their sins, brothers and sisters, is because they didn't understand that his first mission, again, his first mission was to be a sin offering. He knew that the death of himself would release the bondage of sin from mankind. That if they came to the Father in his name, that if we repented of our sins in his name, that if we changed our ways, got baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of our sins, I didn't say in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, because those are titles. you got to say the name Jesus when you are baptized. Again, Getting baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins would open up the opportunity, brothers and sisters, for us to have everlasting life. But we're talking about can you be a true Christian and celebrate Christmas? That's the topic of our lesson. As we get further and further and deeper and deeper into the subject, we're just trying to find out does this Bible mention a specific day that Jesus was born on. I can't read it so far. And we read several scriptures from the Old Testament. Now we're in the New Testament. Let's go ahead and pick this thing up at Matthew 1 and 22. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet. What prophet? Didn't we just read the book of Isaiah, the ninth chapter, the sixth verse? that talked about a child that was being born and a government shall be upon his shoulders? It says, now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. We just read four or five different names that he said he would be called. Wonderful. He would be called Counselor. The angel came and said, call him Jesus. Right here in the book of Matthew, it says his name shall be called Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God is with us, which being interpreted, God is with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel, Gabriel, of the Lord had um, bidden him and took unto him his wife, which was Mary. And knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. So here you have, brothers and sisters, the story concerning the birth of Jesus. We don't read a date. And again, the premise of our Bible radio show, The Truth Hour, and the Israel of God is, if you cannot read it, then do not believe it, brothers and sisters. We're going to tell you where December the 25th came from. We're going to tell you where the Christmas celebration came from, where the lights came from, where the balls on the tree came from, where the mistletoe came from, where the wreath came from, where the Christmas tree came from. We're going to tell you all these things, brothers and sisters, is going to be revealed on tonight's 
Bible radio show, The Truth Hour. But right now, we're reading scriptures concerning the birth of Jesus, brothers and sisters. Can we find it anywhere else? Can we find it? Let's go to the book of Matthew, the second chapter, the very next chapter. And we're going to go to Matthew 2. And we're going to go ahead and pick this up at 2 and 1. It says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men. Wait a minute. We've been taught that there were three wise men. Let me read this again in case you're misunderstanding what we're saying. It says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men. It didn't say three. So where did you get three wise men from? That's another myth that we have just exposed on the Bible radio show, The Truth Hour. It said they came from the east to Jerusalem. Brothers and sisters, you have to be careful what you digest in your spirit and what you accept and internalize as truth, although it may sound good, although it may be spoken by a person wearing a nice clean suit, shirt, and tie that's very articulate, that may speak well. But if they say the words coming out of their mouth and it doesn't line up with things that are written in this book, brothers and sisters, you've got to go with the book. Ladies and gentlemen, you're tuned in to the first part of Can You Be a Christian and Celebrate Christmas on the Bible radio show, The Truth Hour. Stay tuned for part two. Brothers and sisters, I'm getting so excited in this show. We're about to go deep, brothers and sisters, because, again, anytime we do a show that's concerning things that are not written in the Bible, we have to go outside of the Bible to give you proof as to where these things came from. And this would be the only time that we use sources outside of the Bible to kind of explain to you where these things came from, brothers and sisters. So, again, I'm excited. I'm elated at the same time. I miss my brother Julius. But stay tuned because you need to know this knowledge. You can't just repeat tradition just because somebody told you that this is how it is or this is how it was. You have an obligation and a duty to teach your children the truth, brothers and sisters. Let's go ahead and set this up for part two. We're going to go ahead and start this recording for our YouTube listeners, and this will be part two, brothers and sisters. Hanging in three, two, one. For those who just tuned in, this is part two of the Bible radio show, The Truth Hour. Our subject and our lesson plan today is, can you be a Christian and celebrate Christmas? I have to say this to you who are listening to this show, that going to church and sitting in the pew doesn't make you a Christian no more than going in your garage and sitting in your garage, and that makes you a car. I'm going to say it again. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian no more than sitting in a garage makes you a car. There are certain things that qualify us to be called Christians, brothers and sisters. And one of the things that qualify us to be called a Christian is to keep his word. Jesus said, if you love me, then keep my commandments. Speaking of commandments, brothers and sisters, let's go ahead and read some of the commandments, brothers and sisters. Let's go ahead and read some of the commandments. You're tuned in to the Bible radio show, The Truth Hour, here on POET Radio. And again, our subject matter today is, can you be... Can you be a Christian and celebrate Christmas? Let's go ahead and turn our Bibles to the book of Deuteronomy, brothers and sisters. Let's go ahead and turn our Bibles to the book of Deuteronomy, um, the fifth chapter. Let's go ahead and turn our, 
Bible to the book of Deuteronomy, the fifth chapter. And let's go ahead and read some of these commandments that he said, if you love me, that you will do these things. We're going to go ahead and start off. This is so good, brothers and sisters. Let's go ahead and start this off at verse 6. Deuteronomy 5 and 6. Again, can you be a Christian and celebrate Christmas? We have the image of a tree. We have the image of a wreath. We have the image of balls and bells and lights, brothers and sisters. These are all images. Again, the Lord said, worship me in spirit and in truth. Spirit is invisibility. Can you see the wind? No, but you know it exists. Can you see the air that you breathe, your breath? No, but you know that it exists, brothers and sisters. Can you see electricity? No, but you know it exists. Can you see God? No, but you know he exists. So why do we need an image to serve as an example of our Lord? And our Savior, Jesus Christ, or his Father. Well, let's read what the book of Deuteronomy, the fifth chapter says, since we want to be called Christians. At verse 6 it says, Deuteronomy 5 and 6, I am the Lord, thy God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Brothers and sisters, when you come into the body of Christ, no matter whether you're dealing with sickness, mentally, no matter whether you're dealing with Stress, drama, strife, God would take you out of that bondage. Being brought out of Egypt may have been a physical thing, but you could be physically incarcerated, spiritually and mentally free. How many of you all are in mental prisons today? How many of you all are in spiritual prisons today? Wouldn't you want to be taken out of the house of bondage? Well, God said, Come into my commandments. Come into my truth, and I will release you from your house of bondage. Verse 7, thou shalt have no other gods before me. This is going to be deep, brothers and sisters, because this plays directly into our subject matter today. Can you be a Christian and celebrate Christmas? Verse 8, thou shalt not make any Graven image. Thou shalt not make to yourself any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the waters beneath the earth. What's the image of Christmas? And some of you all may have it today in the corner of your living room in your home. It's the image of a tree. What does it represent? What does the balls on the tree represent? What do the lights on the tree represent? What does that big star up in the sky represent? We're going to get into that in one moment. It says, thou shalt not bow down thyself unto them. I know you're not doing that. Nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. You want to know why God ain't showing mercy for us in Chicago, for us in Alaska? For us in Texas, for us in Alabama, you don't want to know why God ain't showing us mercy? Because we ain't keeping his commandments. And he said it right here, Deuteronomy 5 and 10. I'll show mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. I'm talking about as a whole, brothers and sisters, why people are in the condition and suffering for why they're suffering. Now, let's go ahead and get into the meat of our subject. It says right here. At verse 6, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy 5 and 8, it says, Thou shalt not make thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the waters beneath the earth. Now, let's get into the meat of the Christmas celebration. In the Egyptian culture, there was a god 
by the name of Osiris. His wife was named Isis. They had a baby eventually by the name of Horus. But before we get into Horus, let's just talk about Isis, Osiris, and let's talk about Osiris' brother named Set. Set was the evil brother that represented the darkness. Osiris was the light that stood between the heaven and the earth. That light is none other than the sun, S-U-N, in the sky, brothers and sisters. Set was in a dispute and an argument with his brother Osiris, and he said, brother, if something should happen to you, I should get the throne. Osiris said, no, if something happens to me and I have a child, then by right it should be passed down to my child. Well, before Osiris could have a child, the brother Set set up his brother Osiris to be killed, according to Egyptology. Again, we have to go outside of the Bible in order to find this information. This book is called What They Never Told You in Your History Class. Again, What They Never Taught You in your history class. Well, in this book, on page 264, it talks about the writings on the walls of Egypt, which is what I'm sharing with you now. Set set up his brother Osiris to be killed. He took his body, chopped him up in pieces, and spread those pieces amongst the four corners of the earth. The goddess named Isis retrieved all the pieces of the body of her husband, Osiris, with the exception of one piece that she could not find. And that piece was the male organ. And so what she erected in the place of the missing piece was, in Egypt, they call it today an obelisk. Look it up, brothers and sisters. It's called an obelisk. In America, in Washington, D.C., they have a statue that they call the Washington Monument. This was the obelisk or the male penis or the missing piece of her husband, Osiris. This is where the birth canal comes from. From the man, the seed is released and implanted into the woman. Well, when Isis erected this monument, she impregnated herself, according to Egyptology, the writings on the walls of Egypt, the Meduneta, brothers and sisters. So at the time, she was a virgin that gave birth to a child named Horus, according to the writings on the walls of Egypt. And I got to give you this information because it directly connects to where the Christmas celebration came from. Now, when you say the word horizon, what you're saying is Horus, Isis's son, Horus' son. Horus became the god of the sun or the sun god or the S-U-N. His uncle Set set out to defeat the nephew Horus, now that the father Osiris is out of the way. And that's why when the sun goes down, they call it sun set after the evil uncle. Well, there's something that happens every year in December. It's an astrological event. On December the 21st or 22nd every year, there's a happening in the sky that's called the winter solstice, which means it's the lowest point of the sun. And when the sun is at its lowest point, the days get shorter and the nights get longer. So according to Egyptian history, Set became more powerful than his nephew, Horus, on December the 21st, and Set killed his nephew, Horus, on December the 21st. Well, I want to show you this. It says in this book on page 264, what they never told you in your history class, it says the titles of Horus are almost exactly the same as those credited to Jesus. Again, the title of Horus is almost the same as those accredited to Jesus. So let's read some of Horus's titles. The Manifestation Son of God, the First Man God, the Anointed Son of the Father, I am the Resurrection and the Life, Prince of Peace, the Good Shepherd with the crook upon his shoulder, the Light of the World, a Child of a Virgin, 
who gives the waters of life, the divine healer, God of light, the master, who descends into Hades as the lamb. Brothers and sisters, Horus was the god of the sun that his uncle set killed on December the 21st. He was in a grave three days and three nights, December the 22nd, December the 23rd, and December the 24th. And on December the 25th, brothers and sisters, Horus rose from the grave. Why? Because the sun at that time, which had been at its lowest point, December the 21st, beginning to ascend in the sky, and the days started to get longer. So the Egyptians who worshipped the sun said this was the rebirth of the sun or the sun god, Horus. Therefore, it became the date of his birth or his birth date. Brothers and sisters, stay tuned. You're tuned into the Bible radio show, The Truth Hour, here on the POET Network. We're going to show you what other gods were born on December the 25th. The question is, can you be a Christian and celebrate Christmas? Stay tuned for part three. Brothers and sisters, this is getting deep. We want you to stay tuned. We're giving you this knowledge again. I ask you the question. And if we're guilty, we're just guilty. There's a such thing if you don't know the truth and you are guilty or in violation, brothers and sisters, that's what you call unintentional guilt. But we're taking away the unintentionalness, brothers and sisters, by showing you what the truth actually is. So leaving this show today, after watching this video today, you have to ask yourself the question, brothers and sisters, can I be a Christian and celebrate Christmas. We just gave you the whole genealogy and the story of Horus, and we know we just got new callers that just called in. I'll give you a brief recap real quick, brothers and sisters, of where December the 25th came from as a date that would be celebrated. So for those who are just tuned in to part three of Can You Be a Christian and Celebrate Christmas, let me go ahead and do a brief recap of part two. We were talking about the god Horus, according to Egyptology. The god Horus represented the sun and the sky, S-U-N, the most powerful star. It gives light, it gives life, and it gives energy. And it's dominant over the darkness until we get to what is called the winter time or the winter season. And so, again, on December the 21st, look it up. This year, they say it's December the 22nd, but it's always around the same time of the year. Look up the word winter solstice. It's the shortest day of the year. Why is it the shortest day of the year? Because it's the day or the time of the year when the sun descends to its lowest point. Remember? Jesus had to descend into the gates of hell. Are you lining all of this stuff up right now, brothers and sisters? After December the 21st, after Horus was killed by his evil uncle Set, the one who set the sun, the sun setter, he was in a grave for three days and three nights, December the 22nd, December the 23rd, and December the 24th, and on December the 25th, he rose from the grave, but it was only those sun worshippers who were looking up at the sky and saw that the sun started to ascend and get higher, and the higher the sun rose, the longer the days became. So those who were in fear that the sun might leave us, the sun might stop shining, and if the sun stops shining, our crops won't grow. And if the sun stops shining, we can't live any longer. So those who were sun worshippers were afraid that the sun was leaving them until December the 25th when the day started to get longer again. And the sun came back with its power again. And so they said, this is the rebirth of the sun. So guess what, brothers and sisters? Let's go and see how many gods were born on December the 25th? See, brothers and sisters, you need to know this information. 
You're too old and too wise today to say, well, I'm just going to give my children this day because they enjoy this day and they love this day. And the question is, if this is actually Jesus' birthday, which it's not, then why do you give yourself gifts? Why do you give each other gifts? Wouldn't the best gift to give Jesus would be to do what he said, if you love me, keep my commandments? Well, brothers and sisters, you've been had, you've been took, you've been hoodwinked, you've been bamboozled, you've been led astray by somebody who wanted you to spend your money, by somebody who wanted you to go broke, by somebody who wanted you to be depressed because this time of year, you're thinking about all your loved ones who have died and gone away. What makes this time of year more special than any time of year? You make it special, brothers and sisters, because of your lack of knowledge of what this holiday is truly and really about. Now, let's go into our Google search engine, and let's type in gods that were born on December the 25th. Gods that were born on December the 25th. Let's read how many gods were born on December the 25th. How many gods were born on December the 25th? Let's, let's go and look at it right now. And this is on Answers.com. How many gods were born on December the 25th? So you have right here the god Attis of Greece, 1200 B.C., Born on December the 25th. The god Krishna of India, 900 B.C. Born on December the 25th. Dionysus. We got poets by the name of Dionysus. Dionysus of Greece, 500 B.C. Born on December the 25th. Mithra of Persia, 1200 B.C. Guess when his birth date is? December the 25th. Horus of Egypt. Didn't we just read about Horus in Egypt? 3000 BC. Guess when he was born? On December the 25th. Horus of Egypt. Odin of Scandinavia. Crite of the Chaldees. Tammuz of Syria. Badu of Japan. Buddha. All of these gods were given the birth date of December the 25th because all these gods in their nations or in their societies represented the sun. S-U-N, brothers and sisters. All you got to do is do a little research. Let's talk about this one god named Mithra. Mithra, who was born on December the 25th, according to our search, Go and search yourself, guys that were born on December the 25th. Guess what they did to commemorate him? Leading up to his birth, brothers and sisters, they had a month-long winter solstice celebration. A month-long winter solstice celebration. Guess what they would do in that month, brothers and sisters, that they celebrated the darkness or the winter solstice? They would have, their courts were closed. Again, their court system would close. And they allowed their citizens to run around and commit crimes without penalty. Does that sound like a movie that's out? That movie is called The Purge. These people are crafty and they're evil scientists and they know where this information came from. They said that they were allowed to have sex in the streets. They were allowed to practice all kind of homosexuality. They were allowed to commit murders and commit crimes, all to commemorate this darkness or this winter solstice, brothers and sisters. And this was during the time of Mithra. December the 25th has always been a celebration of the sun, S-U-N, brothers and sisters. We mentioned them, Horus, Odin, Osiris. Christ, Tammuz, Adad, Beidou, 
Mithra, Dionysus, Krishna, Addis. All this information is available to you. All you got to do is go on your Google search engine and ask any question that you want to ask. The information and the resources will begin to pop up. Brothers and sisters, guess what? Not only did December the 25th come from this celebration, but the Christmas tree also came from this celebration, brothers and sisters. The, 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 the tree that's considered to be the Christmas tree was the only tree that still rose in the wintertime. Was the only tree that rose in the wintertime. And they will put this tree up as a remembrance or as a celebration of all of these gods. Let's find out what the Bible says about this particular tree while we have it in our home. Let's go back to the Bible. Let's go to the book of Jeremiah, the 10th chapter. The book of Jeremiah, the 10th chapter. Does God talk about the Christmas celebration in the Bible? Let's find out, brothers and sisters, the book of Jeremiah, the 10th chapter, and that's why we want you to follow this with your Bibles, because we want you to read this information for yourself. Let's see if the Bible knows about this sun worshiper celebration, these lights celebration, and, and what they stand for. Jeremiah, the 10th chapter, let's see if we can find anything about the traditions of the Bible celebrations in the Bible. Jeremiah 10 and 1. Hear ye the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen. Heathen is another word for nations. Well, God, if you're telling me don't learn their way, you got to tell me what their ways are. Because I may be doing something that they do, but I don't know it. So unless you tell me so that I can correct myself, I won't know. Well, God will tell you in one moment. And then he says, and be not dismayed or amazed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. What's the signs of heaven? Anything that you can see in the sky, you're looking into heaven, sun, moon, and star, shooting star, eclipses, um, blood moons, uh, new moons, whatever it is that you can see in the sky, don't be amazed at that. All these Gentiles and these folks are amazed at it. They have days that they set aside on the news and say, well, this is a spectacular effect that's happening in our solar system today. That's the creation. God said, be amazed at the creator who created the creation and not the creation itself. Well, God, now I want you to tell me what these people do, these heathens, these other nations, that you don't want me to do. Jeremiah 10 and 3. For the customs of the people are vain. For one cutteth a tree out of the forest. There's that tree again. The work of the hands of the workmen with an axe. They decorated, deck the halls with boughs of holly. Deck is short for the word decorate. Verse 4, Jeremiah 10 and 4. They deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers that it move not. They are as upright as the palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be born because they cannot go. They got to be carried. These idols can't walk. These were idols, brothers and sisters. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil, neither also is it in them to do good. At verse 8, it says, but they are altogether brutish and foolish. The stock is a doctrine of vanities. God said he doesn't want you to go and get a tree, whether you cut it out of the forest or buy it from Walmart. He says, do not do it. Don't get the tree and put it in your home and decorate it with gold and silver. What does the gold and silver represent? These are shiny things. They represent the stars or constellations or the shiny things that you see in the sky. Why are there balls on the tree? The balls represent planets, brothers and sisters. Sun, moon, and star worship that we put Jesus' name on top of, and then we call ourselves Christians, and we do things that are anti-Christ. Can you be a Christian 
and celebrate Christmas. This is part three, brothers and sisters, of our Bible radio show lesson. Stay tuned for part four. Brothers and sisters, as we start our fourth part, I know that it hurts some people. And I know that some of you all are on this line listening and you're saying, well, we're just doing it for the children. And it's all about the children and we want our children to be happy. You think your children would be happy if they found out that you lied to them, brothers and sisters? That you gave credit? <laughs> We're going to hold that for part four, brothers and sisters. Let me go ahead and start our recording because i got to get this in, brothers and sisters. And again, it's not about me. It's about God, brothers and sisters. Those who say that we believe in God, this is part four of the Bible show Truth Hour. Our lesson plan today is can you be a Christian and celebrate Christmas? We were just talking about the Christmas tree, and how in the book of Jeremiah, the 10th chapter, God said, do not learn the way of the heathen. And we asked the question, what do they do? And God said, well, they go in the forest, they cut a tree down, and they put it in their homes, and they decorate it with silver and gold, shiny things. And then on part three, we talked about how these things represented sun, moon, and stars, constellations in the sky, the balls on the tree represented planets. You've got to go back and listen to parts one, two, and three of this Bible lesson, Can You Be a Christian and Celebrate Christmas? But let me just continue with my thoughts, brothers and sisters. I know some of you all say innocently, we only do Christmas because that's what we were taught to do by our parents. We only do Christmas because we want our children to be happy. We only do Christmas because it makes me happy this time of year. Brothers and sisters, you can have any day of the year that you choose to honor your children or your family, that you give gifts, that you have a family get-together. Why is it done on a pagan holiday, December the 25th, where people are drinking, where they are doing all kind of things that are anti Christ. Now, drinking is not a sin. Let me say that. Getting drunk is a sin. But we know the behavior that goes on on this particular holiday, brothers and sisters, this pagan holiday. Again, we know that in your heart and in your mind, you are trying to be a good person. And you're saying, Black Ice, this is all I've ever known. Well, we're introducing you to what the Bible says. We read to you the Ten Commandments. God said, don't make no image. I don't care whether it's a tree. I don't care if it's a man called Santa. And if we rearrange the word Santa, we get Satan. Now, some of y'all saying, well, Black Ice, you're going a little bit too far. Because you calling Santa Satan. Brothers and sisters, let me show you something real quick in the Bible. Let's go back to the beginning of the Bible. Let's go back to the beginning of the Bible, and let's find out what adjective it called Satan in the Bible. Find out what adjective it called Satan in the Bible, how it described him to be. Genesis 2, can you be a Christian and celebrate Christmas? Let's analyze this Santa or Satan clause. S-A-N-T-A or S-A-T-A-N. Same letters. Now, Santa chooses who he would give a gift to based on the fact if you have been naughty or nice. Now, remember, this man who possesses these magical powers is able to know whether you have been naughty or nice. And your parents don't even know everything that you do behind the scenes, but this man called Santa or Satan is aware of this. Well, let's see what the Bible calls Satan. Right here in Genesis chapter 2, Genesis chapter 2, turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 2. Let's go ahead and read verse 9. It says, and out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree 
that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also, and we know that the tree of life is who? It's Jesus. Also in the midst of the garden, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Who has the knowledge to know whether you have been naughty or nice? Santa. Who has who is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Satan. Brothers and sisters, why would you give credit to a big fat man and says that baby Santa came down a chimney and you live in an apartment with radiators and don't even have a chimney. While you were asleep, this man came Santa and left you all these gifts. And you worked hard and worked overtime at your job to give credit to a man that's anti what Christ stood for, brothers and sisters. You see how this sounds? Do you see how it sounds? Well, you may ask the question, well, black eyes, if you don't want us to celebrate Christmas, according to what you read in the Bible, and I don't, pick you another day, call it something else. Call it Family and Friends Day. We're going to get together on Family and Friends Day sometime in September, sometime in July. Just pick a day. And we're going to bring gifts to each other, and we're going to have a nice time, and we're going to celebrate, and we're going to call this Family and Friends Celebration. Don't pick and choose the day that the sun worshippers and the pagan worshippers and those who worship other gods pick and put Jesus' name on top of it and call yourself a Christian. You can't do that, brothers and sisters. The same way with Easter. Another subject for another time, but Easter is a celebration of the goddess of fertility, Esther or Istarte. And that's why she's celebrated in spring, because spring is the new season in which the leaves grow back on the trees, the grass comes forth from the ground, the animals that were in their winter hibernation comes out of hibernation, and new life springs forth. So Easter, look up the symbol of Easter. You're going to look up a pregnant woman with big breasts, and the breasts represents how fertile the woman is. And an egg represents new life, and a rabbit represents an animal that's very fertile. And so instead of celebrating what we're supposed to be celebrating, the Passover, we're celebrating Easter, a pagan goddess, the goddess of fertility. Brothers and sisters, we got to rewash our brains because we've been brainwashed to think that all these things that are wrong are actually right and all these things that are right are actually wrong. This teaching, some people will say, well, black guys, you're a part of a cult, and we're reading these things right outside of the Bible. Well, brothers and sisters, if you want to know what we're supposed to be celebrating, since you call yourself a Christian, right, and since you know that a true Christian can't celebrate Christmas, and that a true Christian can't celebrate Easter, let's find out what we're supposed to be celebrating. Turn your Bibles to the book of Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. The book of Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. I'm going to show you something on the way to showing you something, brothers and sisters. Leviticus 23. Leviticus 23rd chapter. Let's find out the days that God does want you to celebrate. Leviticus 23 and 1. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, Concerning the feast of the Lord. That's what he called his holy days, the feast of the Lord. God got holy days, man got holy days. Which you shall proclaim, these feasts of the Lord, to be holy gatherings, even these are my feasts. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath day of rest, a holy gathering, which you shall do no work therein, it is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwelling. The same man that gave you Christmas is the same man that gave you Sunday as a day of worship. The first day of the week, when God here is telling you that his Sabbath day is the seventh day of the week, 
which is Saturday, from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. Another lesson for another time. Verse 4, these are the feasts of the Lord, even holy convocations, which you shall proclaim in their seasons. You can't do this anytime you want to do it. There are seasons and times that God specifically wants you to do them. Here's the first one, verse 5. And the 14th day of the first month at evening is the Lord's Passover. Well, brothers and sisters, we don't celebrate the Passover in January, but it says here the first month of the year. Well, wait a minute. Is January really the first month of the year? Let's analyze it. When you stop at a stop sign, it's in the shape of an octagon because it has eight sides. There's an animal that swims in the sea that has eight tentacles, and he's called an octopus. So any word that starts with the prefix oct or the etymology or the root oct, it represents eight. Do we have a month that starts with the root oct? Of course we do. It's called October. It was named October because it's actually the eighth month of the year. We have another month that begins with the prefix D-E-C. Well, any word that begins with D-E-C means 10. How many years is a decade? D-E-C. It's 10 years. When you're rounding to the nearest tenth, it's called decimal points. D-E-C. So December, D-E-C, Deci, represents 10. October 8, Nove 9, Deci 10. So let's find out when the first month of the year is. Since God wants us to celebrate Passover, the first month of the year, type in your search engine, Passover 2015, and you're going to get April 3rd. So if Passover was on April the 3rd, and God said in the first month and the 14th day of the first month is the Passover, then we can actually calculate when God's new year is, the first day of the year, according to God. Where Passover is on a 14th day, let's subtract 14 days from April the 3rd. Since Passover was on April the 3rd this year, and if we go 14 days from April the 3rd, seven days from April the 3rd is March 27th. 14 days from April the 3rd is March 20th. So now we know that God's new year this year was on March 20th, according to this Bible. Well, the man that gave you Christmas and the man that gave you Sunday as a day of worship is so slick that he knows the truth and he knows that you don't know the truth. So if March 20th was actually the first day of God's new year, let's find out what that man calls March 20th. Type in your search engine, the first day of spring. And you know what it is? Guess what? The first day of spring is March 20th. 14 days before the Passover, which is the first day of God's new year. Brothers and sisters, I'm so sorry that we are running out of time on this show. Maybe we'll do a part two called Holidays versus Holy Days. Brothers and sisters, please stay tuned. There's more than I can give you on your own time. Read the book of Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, by yourself. It will tell you all of God's holy days or feast days. There's seven of them that we are supposed to be celebrating, but instead of celebrating God's holy days, we celebrating Christmas and Easter and New Year's at a time when New Year's ain't even... <laughs> you know, brothers and sisters, what I'm trying to say. You can't be a Christian and celebrate Christmas. Christmas is anti-Christ. Hopefully, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I'll prove my case according to the Bible, according to books outside of the Bible like this book right here, what they never told you in your history class. Jesus said, if you know the truth, it shall make you free. You wonder why you're still in a mental and spiritual bondage you don't know the truth, brothers and sisters. Take time to research. Challenge what mama told you, what daddy told you, what you think you know, what you, what you believe. Challenge it. What, what's written in this book? 
And our motto on the Bible radio show, the truth hour, is if you cannot read it, don't believe it. Brothers and sisters, we pray that you were edified and that God was glorified. And we thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Bible show, Truth Hour. Hang on. We're going to go to the phone lines and see what you thought about tonight's show. For those looking via YouTube, stay tuned. We're live every Tuesday, 7 p.m., 8 p.m. Central Time, 7 p.m. to 8 Central Time. Call in at 724-444-7444, ID code 98696-POUND. We love you. See you next Tuesday. Peace and blessings. Let's go ahead and go to our phone lines. 